Hello, Sweat Symbol Squad, and welcome back to the podcast. This episode is a little bit of a different one. If you are listening in real time, I am turning 30 years old in a couple days on October 7th, 2023. And because of that, I wanted to do a different episode, really just about lessons that I learned in my 20s. Um, To be completely honest, my 20s turned out nothing like I thought they would. Like if you told me at 20 years old that my life would look the way that it did, if you even told me at 25 that my life would look the way that it did now, uh, I frankly would not believe you. I went to school for marketing. Um, I, I was a business major. I absolutely loved business. I thought that I was going to be some high powered corporate girly. I thought I would definitely be within driving distance of my family. I didn't see myself being married until after 30, if at all. And that obviously is not where my life is at, at all. Um, And I'm extremely glad and grateful for that. But I think everyone is a good example of this, but I, I think specifically I'm someone who was always really, you know, plan and goal oriented and I expected my life to look a certain way. So if anyone else out there is feeling that way, whether you're 20 years old, whether you're 35, whether you're 40, let this podcast episode just be an example of how quickly things can change uh, and, you know, how you can really grow from that change and kind of just the life lessons I learned along the way. I'm sitting in my office recording this in the dark for no reason other than that seemed more dramatic at 7.30 in the morning with a cozy cup of coffee. And I really just wanted to share some of the things that have really helped me through this decade of life as I kind of round things out. You know, at 23, I ended up moving across the country from my family at 25, I met Michael, who is currently my husband. And at 27, I took this giant leap and started a completely different career path, which I will be forever grateful for. Like I am not a risk taker. I am very risk averse. I am very like pro con list. I overanalyze every single decision. So I never expected my life to take such a drastic change, but I am so grateful that it did. And really throughout the way, I learned a ton of life lessons about what was really important, what to prioritize, and why this change is often a good thing. So I thought about doing 30 lessons, but that felt like a lot, um, especially crammed into a shorter podcast episode. So I narrowed it down to half of that, and I chose just 15. So let's get into it. 15 lessons I learned in my 20s. Now, some of these will be fitness and health related just because that is obviously something I'm really passionate about. And the uh, life lessons I learned around fitness and health really have shaped this decade for me because improving your health, improving your relationship with food really does impact your life in such a big way. But they're not all about fitness and health. So The first lesson is don't let fear and other people's opinions of you hold you back from reaching your goals. I think if I'm being honest with myself, uh, even though I always saw myself as this corporate America girl, 
I think I really started getting the itch to do something fitness related when I was like 19, 20 years old and first started dipping my toes into the gym. Like I grew up as a dancer, so I'd never really been exposed to, you know, strength training or being in the gym or anything nutrition related. So once I started taking group fitness classes, I did realize that this was something I really enjoyed. And I don't know if any of you guys remember like Lauren Gleisberg or like BBG, Bikini Body Guide, their sweat now. I thought those programs were so cool. And I actually created this random business plan for quote unquote fun because I just like that when I was 20 years old to create some sort of fitness community for women to like build and turn into something. But I never did anything with that because I think I kept telling myself that like you went to school for business, you and yes, this is now a business that I own. But I think for me, I needed to stick with that corporate route. And I was worried, especially at the time, like fitness influencers were kind of just starting to pop up and become a thing. And I didn't want anyone to think that I was trying to become an influencer in any capacity for so long. And I held off doing anything fitness related, even though I had this little like spark in me telling me that I had a passion and an interest here because I was really afraid that people would think that I was crazy for what I was doing. And to be honest, when I finally did take that leap, people did think I was crazy. I remember one of my friends told me, he was like, yeah, when you originally told me eventually in a couple of years, you wanted to like do this fitness thing. I was kind of like, okay. Uh, but guess what? I stopped letting people's opinions and fears hold me back and I went for it. And I am so grateful I did because now I get to wake up every single day and truly love what I do. I get to help people. I get to change people's lives. And that fills my cup up like no other. I also have the freedom and the flexibility to work when and where I want. Like none of that and the things that I value so much in my life, like really enjoying what I do, getting to help people every single day, having freedom and flexibility, none of that would have been available if I had stuck to that original corporate plan. And I let my only like regret is that I let my fears and other people's opinions hold me back from starting this even sooner. And I wish that when I first had that initial spark and I realized I had a passion for this, I really wish I would have just explored it even further and even sooner. I'm so glad that I eventually got over these fears and allowed myself to do it. But my only regret is that I didn't go for it sooner. So if there is something that you are thinking about starting, if you have some sort of like interest, if you find that there's this hobby that you're really passionate about, you don't have to turn it into like a full on business, but I always say go for it. I know people think that people posting on, you know, social media, trying to be influencers, even just like clothing and lifestyle influencers, people always like make fun of those people and call them cringe, but I'm always like their biggest cheerleader. I'm like freaking go for it because it is so hard to put yourself out there when you have no following, when no one cares, and when you know that probably all you're going to see is judgment from people who know you, that is so hard. So if you have the confidence to just go for it, do it because people are going to judge you whether or not you do it. So just freaking go for it and it'll probably turn into something if you stick with it and if you really just go all in. So really don't let other people's opinions and fears hold you back from trying from your goals or whatever it is that you're going for. The second lesson is give things time. Don't quit 
just because you don't see immediate results. This applies to so many things, whether it's fitness, whether it's a business, whether it's an Instagram account that you're launching, building something sustainable takes a long time and you can't quit just because you don't get immediate results. On the fitness end of things, give yourself at least 30, preferably 90 days to go all in on a program before you just quit and trash it for something else. If you're trying to build a business, I gave myself, when I quit my corporate job, I gave myself two years. I said, I'm going to give myself two years to try to turn Sweat Simple into something that's sustainable to keep as a full-time job. And I'm really lucky that within a year, I was able to see that like, yes, this was like turning into something. But imagine if I had quit within the first two months of starting Sweat Simple when I hardly had any clients and my following was just like not growing, I would never be at this spot. But good things take time. We're so quick in this culture to just move on immediately if we're not getting results because we're used to having instant access to everything on our phone. But truly building sustainable health, businesses, communities, whatever it is you're trying to build, this is going to take a long time. So however long you have currently given yourself to reach your goal, I would double it at least and truly give yourself a fighting chance to like turn this into something sustainable. Lesson three is nothing matters more than your health and happiness and nothing is worth trashing that for. And this is something I really struggled with when I was working my old corporate job. It was like a very demanding job. I had a ton of meetings and I always felt so guilty taking time off to like go to my annual physicals and even just taking time off when I felt sick. Um, Like I just felt like there wasn't enough quote unquote time for me to do that. But as soon as I left that job, I truly realized like that job meant nothing in the grand scheme of my life. And what does matter in the grand scheme of your life is your health and your happiness. And even if a job feels like the most like important thing, like the highest priority, once you retire, once you leave that job, nothing is going to matter more than your health and happiness. So you need to focus on that first, even when you feel like you don't have time, even when you feel like this other thing needs to be a priority. As soon as you like get sick or see a family member get sick, you really realize that none of that matters. All those hours that you're spending in meetings and in the office, that does not matter. And all that matters is taking care of yourself and making sure that you are healthy so you can live a long life. So truly nothing matters more than your health and happiness and nothing, no job, relationship, whatever is worth trashing your health and happiness for that. So number four, it's okay to start over and not follow your life plan. And basically like having five years plans, like have five year plans, like have goals, but be okay with it changing. Uh, Again, I think this is something I really struggle with. And I think a lot of people in their twenties do struggle with this. You feel like once you get on this path, you have to just see that path through because you've already invested so much, you know, quote unquote time and energy, but like truly we are all so young and it is never too late to completely change where your life is going. You will always figure it out and nothing is permanent. If you move to a new city and you hate it after a year, you can move somewhere else. If you start a new job and it's not for you, the grass really isn't always greener, you can always find a new opportunity. Like 
it's okay to start over even if you've already invested a lot of time and energy into whatever it is that you're doing. So stop sticking with things just because you feel like you can't start over or because you have this plan in place. Like if you were think you would be happier in any capacity by starting over, by trying something new, by deviating from the plan, you have to go for it because it is so much better to try that thing and be like, oh, you know what? This didn't work. I'll try something else than to live with constant like regret and what if, like what if you had tried it? What if you had moved to that new city? What if you had done this? Don't live with those what ifs. Give yourself an opportunity to explore those things and know that it's okay to start over and to like not follow your life plan. Number five, is these next couple are actually going to be health and fitness related. But number five is stop exercising to lose weight and start exercising to feel strong. When I first got to college, which was really the first time I started exercising outside of dance, it really for the next probably five, six years until I was a couple years out of college, my only purpose for working out was to lose weight, to burn calories. And because of that, I had a really terrible relationship with exercise. I felt so guilty if I had to take an unplanned rest day. I thought I needed to be in the gym six days a week for two hours. I felt like I couldn't eat certain things unless I went to the gym and worked them off. And all of that led to me, I enjoyed exercise, but it was always feeling like something I had to do. And if I didn't do it, I was racked with feelings of guilt. As soon as I stopped focusing on only exercising to lose weight. And instead I started focusing on exercising to like build muscle to get stronger. I noticed that all of a sudden my workouts were a lot more rewarding. I was way more like motivated and excited to get to the gym. They didn't feel like this like chore that I had to do. I was no longer feeling guilty if I had to take an unplanned rest day. My workouts actually started to be more effective because I wasn't focused on calories burned, which meant I was doing workouts that were more tailored to my goals and actually changing my body composition. And that is when I truly like fell in love with going to the gym and getting stronger because I started to really feel just so much more confident and empowered because it is like seriously empowering to pick up some really heavy weight that you didn't think you could and absolutely crush that lift. And that was something I never experienced when my only goal of working out was to lose weight. So if you can really shift your perspective from weight loss and instead move it to getting stronger, gaining more confidence, improving your bone density, improving your cardiovascular health. And look at workout is this um, work workouts is like this amazing thing that you get to do for your health. Your relationship with exercise is just going to improve so much. Along with that, number six, if you stop restricting and labeling foods as good and bad, you'll finally find balance and reach the goals you've been trying so hard to reach. This lesson, all of these were really impactful, but truly this lesson may have changed my life so much because I remember when I was deep in my restriction and like being perfect cycle, I had such a terrible relationship with food and I was always thinking about food. If someone suggested we should go get pizza, immediately in my mind, I was doing all this math. I was like, 
Ooh, okay. Well, should I have pizza? I I like really want pizza and I've been like so good all week, but if I have the pizza, I know I'm just going to go completely overboard and then I'm going to feel like I ruined all my progress and then I would, you know, have a drink and I, my you know, inhibitions would be lowered, so I would not only just have one slice of pizza, I would have four slices of pizza and then I would wake up the next morning and I would feel so guilty and like I just ruined everything and I would spend the entire day feeling guilty about the pizza I ate, but then I would do more mental math and I would be like, well, you already ruined everything this weekend. So you might as well eat the leftover pizza and just finish that medium from Domino's that you got. And then I would feel even more guilty and I would need to plan out all the food that I was going to restrict the next day. And it was just not fun. I was spending so much mental energy thinking about food. And the second that I learned how to improve my relationship with food and truly find balance, food does not take up any mental energy for me. Of course, like as you improve your health, as you improve your, you know, relationship with food, there's healthy habits that start taking up your mental energy. Like for instance, I still plan my meals every week. I still think ahead about, you know, what I'm going to have for um, dinner every night. And I make some this versus that decisions when I'm out to eat, but it's not this overwhelming thing anymore. I feel so lucky and my life is in such a more enjoyable spot that Michael can be like, oh, do you want to go like grab a glass of wine and a cheese board? And I can just say, yeah, you know what? That sounds great. Or eh, I'm not really in the mood for that. And that's it. There's none of this like overwhelming, like, can I have this? Can I not have this? Am I going to feel so guilty if I have this? If I do eat it, spending the entire next day feeling guilty, thinking about what you have to restrict, like that is so not fun. And if that is where you are at, I feel you and helping you work through that is actually exactly why I became a coach because I know how draining and miserable it is to be stuck in that cycle of craving balance so hard and feeling like everyone else around you has it just figured out and can like eat whatever they want and have this amazing body that they want. And why is it a constant struggle for you? But I promise the key to finding that balance and to feeling like you are one of those people who can just not really think about food and still have the balance you want is to improve your relationship with food. And improving your relationship with food starts with not restricting and labeling foods as good or bad, not having these lists of foods that you can and cannot eat. If you can start there, you're really going to start to improve your relationship with food. And as a result, just improve your quality of life overall. So that is such a big one. And that really changed the course of my 20s, and how I viewed food, how I viewed social events, and has improved my quality of life so much. So of course, I'm biased because I truly built my entire career around helping people get out of that because I think that's such an important life lesson. But if you follow just one of these, again, whether you're 21, whether you're 35, whether you're 55, it is never too late to improve your relationship with food. And this is like the most important lesson, I, I think. So Number seven, we're almost halfway through. It's okay for your interests and hobbies to change. Uh, and that may mean when they change that people in your life change. And that's okay too. Uh, I remember like I was lucky that a lot of my friends started making this shift at the same time I did. But, you know, friends and phases can come and go. And I remember taking 
as soon as I started to focus on my health, I started to realize that I didn't love, you know, spending the weekend drinking and going to brunch and boozing all weekend and going to the bars. And instead I like enjoyed spending my time outside hiking, getting a workout in, in the morning. And it's okay for your hobbies and your lifestyle to change. And a lot of times our lifestyle is a reflection of the people around us. So when your lifestyle starts to change, that might mean that the people you hang out with on a regular basis starts to change too. And that's okay because if you want this healthier lifestyle for yourself, it's going to be so much more achievable if the people around you are also living a similar lifestyle. It's not to say you have to like completely ditch your friends as soon as you start changing your lifestyle. That's not what I'm saying at all, but it can be worth reflecting and thinking about are the people in my life getting me to where I want to be or does it feel like these people are constantly trying to, you know, convince me to live my life in a way that I don't want to. Um, and that might mean over time, just based off the t activities you're doing and the activities that you're want wanting to do, that the people in your life might change and that's okay. Like you can outgrow friendships. You don't have to be friends with everyone through every phase of your life. And that's something that like you might need to get okay with. Number eight is stop waiting for the perfect time to do things. Examples for me were starting my, were going full-time with Sweat Simple and getting Sloan, my dog. Uh, I feel like because I'm so risk averse, I was constantly waiting for the perfect conditions to do something. And I know a lot of you guys probably do this with your health and fitness journey. Like you keep waiting until you can have this like perfect scenario where you have no social events and all you can focus on is your fitness goals. And what I really realized is the perfect time is not coming for anything. There is always going to be a reason not to get the dog, not to start your fitness journey, not to start going to the gym, not to leave your full-time job. But there's also so much to be said for just jumping in, taking messy action and figuring it out as you go. Like I cannot imagine my life without Sloan. And I'm so glad we got her when we did, because looking back, I'm like, that really was the perfect time. Like we could not have timed that perfectly, but still in the moment, I kept giving myself all these reasons for why we shouldn't get a dog. Like we still traveled a lot. We had just moved into this new house. Like, did we really like have the time and energy to get this dog? I was working a really demanding corporate job and also taking on clients on the side. Like there, it probably wasn't the perfect time in my mind. I gave myself so many reasons, but I'm so glad that I just jumped right in and every big decision like that in my life that I stopped waiting for all the stars to align and finally said, I'm just going to freaking do it. It all ends up working out. And if it doesn't work out, you learn from that, you move forward, and you're still going to survive. So stop letting that fear of like, this isn't the perfect time. Stop letting those excuses and all those reasons hold you back from doing the things that you really want to do and you're really excited to do because the perfect time just is not coming. Lesson number nine, and to be honest, this is something that I am still working on, but the science behind it is extremely powerful. And it is that gratitude is everything. Being grateful for what you have and how far you've come is so impactful. And something that like I'm really working on personally still is it's okay to have goals, but also appreciate what you already 
have. So instead of just always being focused on the next big thing and what's coming next, be grateful for everything that you've already achieved and everything you already have. Practicing gratitude can improve your mental health so much. And like there are legitimate studies showing this, that practicing gratitude has a significant impact in how you view yourself, how you view your life, and just being more positive overall. You don't have to go crazy and do this like long gratitude journaling, uh, you know, exercise every night, but even just waking up or going to bed, writing down three things in your life that you're grateful for, big or small. Like right now, I'm really grateful for this amazing cozy cup of coffee I have and being able to record this podcast episode. Just thinking about tiny things in your life that you're like, this is so amazing changes your outlook overall. Like I used to be someone, honestly, who was pretty pessimistic. Like I was always looking for the worst case scenarios in my early 20s. And I just always was thinking like, well, what if this doesn't work out? And since I started practicing gratitude, I'm able to see things in such a more positive life. And I really do believe that I am a happier, more flexible person overall. And practicing gratitude has been the thing that changed that. Instead of immediately focusing on the negative and what's going wrong in situations, I'm much more able to focus on the positive and what is like good about not just the situation in general, but truly my life overall. So practicing gratitude is so important. Number 10 kind of goes along with practicing gratitude, but mental health is just as important as physical health. This was something that I think people tend to neglect. They just are like very focused on going to the gym and, you know, trying to lose weight. But in the process, they can neglect their mental health. But mental health is so intertwined and related to physical health that your mental health is just as important. And if you're someone who like has a regular gym membership, taking care of your mental health in that same regular way is so important too. Uh, For me, something that really helped my mental health overall was just going to therapy, reaching out to a therapist. I've been in therapy consistently for like six years now. I've gone through periods where I was going once a week. Now I just go like once every five weeks as kind of like a little like mental health check-in. And it's just so nice to have that time to prioritize your mental health and keep things going just like you would a gym membership. I was someone who used to think that in order for me to go to therapy, something had to be like wrong. Like I had to be experiencing like really high anxiety. But what I've actually realized is that nothing has to be wrong and going to therapy consistently actually helps things continue to not be wrong. So thinking of your mental health as an aspect of your health instead of just only focusing on your physical health is so important. And along with that, anything that is sacrificing your mental health, whether it's, you know, a job or a relationship, it's just not worth it. Your mental health is so important and it impacts your quality of life so much. So if something is really tanking that, that's when I would really start to assess, like, is this thing worth it in my life? Because going back to that other lesson, nothing as is as important as your life. And there's times in my life that I look back and at in it, I didn't realize like how bad my mental health was. And looking back, I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Like, why did I let myself like stay in those situations? Um, and 
now I'm in such a more balanced, better place and staying that way and just continuing to focus on your mental health is so important. So um, number 11, no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. Uh, I know this is something that I used to struggle with and I know that a lot of people struggle with this too, is feeling you know, like after you have a conversation immediately being like, oh, that was like so weird. Why did I say that? Say that. Or like, oh, I wonder if like this person like thinks that like the X, Y, and Z about me. And, uh, you know, again, like worrying about that, like judgment and fear from other people. And the truth, someone said this to me once, and it is so true. Like no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. That conversation, that event that you are still overanalyzing, that person has probably not thought about that thing in five years. And I've seen this play out like in real time. Someone came up to me one time and like apologized for something that happened the first time they met me like two years ago. And I had like, they were still thinking about it. And I had never thought about that moment again. Like it had never crossed my mind. And I feel like just remembering that in those moments when you can start to spiral a little bit, just taking a step back and remembering like, no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself can be so powerful to get yourself out of that moment. And remember, like, just move on. Everyone else is moving on. No one else is still thinking about it. So just move on. Number 12 is to find good mentors and coaches. You do not have to do this alone, whatever this is, whether it's your fitness journey, whether you're building a business, whether you're, you know, trying to advance your corporate career, Having a really good mentor and coach is going to allow you to make progress so much quicker. Having an expert and someone who has been there before allows you to uh, bypass a lot of mistakes that they made in their fitness journey. Most of my clients tend to be people who struggle with very similar things that I struggled with when I first started my weight loss journey, which means that I'm able to help them skip all the years and struggle that I myself went through. Uh, They're also it's also like so helpful and beneficial to remember that the things that you might be struggling with and the things that you're going through are normal. So like in those moments where you're feeling really impatient, in those moments where you feel like you're not doing the right things or everything's going wrong, having someone in your corner to just remind you that like those things are normal and what you're going through is normal is so beneficial. And of course, just having someone to like guide you and you give you like more of a path and more of a direction is so beneficial. I think so many of us just want to like power through and do these things alone when in reality, if we actually invested in ourselves and allowed ourselves to have someone in our corner, to have a cheerleader, to have someone calling ourselves out on our BS, to have someone who's been there in our shoes before to help you not make those same mistakes that I did you would reach your goals so much quicker. So there is nothing wrong with asking for help, for investing in yourself, and finding really good mentors and coaches can help you get to your goals so much quicker and also just like make your life more fulfilling. Like it is so nice to be able to talk with someone and have someone as a gut check who has been exactly where you've been before. That is such a unique, amazing experience and moment of connection. So just stop trying to do things alone. Stop trying to be this like lone wolf and appreciate how important a really good coach or mentor can be. Number 13 is know how you deserve to be treated and be with someone, whether it's a friendship, again, a coach, a mentor, or like a romantic relationship, be with someone who can give you that any sort of relationship, whether it's family, friendship, uh, 
I guess family is a little nuanced that probably comes with some more complications, but uh, friendships, uh, romantic relationships, mentorships, uh, even like boss to what a, like client boss to employee, I forgot that word for a second, relationship should not feel complicated and uncertain. And if they do, it's probably not right. Like everyone in my early 20s, I struggled through a lot of like situationships and, you know, like, are we doing this? Are we not doing this? Like, what is going on? What is happening here? And if you feel that way in any sort of relationship, then it's probably not right. You deserve someone who is like all in on you, someone who can give you like everything that you want in a relationship. Like, of course, you're going to have to make concessions on some things, but relationships should just not be confusing and uncertain. And as soon as I was able to realize that, that's when I like met Michael, honestly, and uh, started like having more meaningful relationships because you have to be so confident in what you want and stand true to that and not let anyone treat you in a way that you don't deserve to be treated. And once you can get through that, your relationships are going to be so much more meaningful, impactful, and you'll finally find the types of people that you're meant to be with, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's in a friendship or whether that is in a romantic relationship, but just truly know like how you deserve and want to be treated and be with someone who can give you that. Number 14 is a bit of a borrowed lesson, but someone in college always used to say to us in these, like I was in a business fraternity and I feel like anytime we had alumni come back, they were always saying things like, you won't remember like what grade you got on a specific quiz, but you'll always remember nights out with your friend. And I can a hundred percent say that's true. Like when I look back at college, I remember the classes I took and I remember that, you know, I obviously like had good grades overall. Like I can remember that, but I can't remember a specific grade that I got in 90% of my classes. I especially can't remember a specific grade I got on any of my exams, unless it was a really amazing grade or a really terrible grade. Um, and even then there's only like two exams that like really shine out of that, out of my entire four-year experience. So if you're in college right now, this is just your reminder that like, yeah, studying is important and have goals and get to where you want to be, but also don't completely ditch your college experience just for the sake of, you know, trying to get a certain grade. And that can be said for adult life too. Like don't bypass all the fun moments and the memory making moments just to try to get further along or to reach your goals. Like I, there were so many times where, you know, I took a trip or, you know, I was like really on the fence about going to like a certain event. And I always look back so glad I did because, you know, I don't remember like missing those days of work or needing to take those like extra vacation days or whatever it was. I remember the trip and the memories I made. And that is always so much more important and to like just like take those moments take those experiences than to only be ever focused on your goals and getting to that next thing like work hard have goals you know make progress but also allow yourself to have fun make memories and do the things you're really excited about along the way my last and final goal not goal lesson is to always be learning and growing I look back at 20-year-old me and I 
cringe about so many things about myself. And I, I feel like that is how it should be. Like, I want to always be looking at back at past versions of me and being like, wow, I have come so far. Uh, because I think, you know, if you feel like you have mastered everything, then it's like, what are you doing? Like, you should always be learning. You should always be open to growing. You should always be working on yourself, I think, personally. Uh, and I hope that, you know, it, when I'm recording this episode, when I'm 40, I'm going to have 15 or 20 more lessons that completely changed my 30s. And it's like funny because I remember at 20, I had such a distinct uh, idea of like what I wanted my 20s to look like. And it, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it took such a different path. And now heading into 30, I don't really have that. Like I remember at 20, I had this like specific timeline. Like again, I said I wouldn't be married until after I was 30. And I wanted to be at this place in my career by, you know, 27 or whatever it was. And going into my 30s, I'm not setting goals like that because I'm so happy that my 20s turned out so different than the plans and expectations I had put on myself. So instead, I feel like I'm going into my 30s just kind of being open to whatever happens. Uh, you know, if and just like not putting expectations on myself to get to certain places by a certain point. And instead, just really focusing on the things that are making me feel fulfilled and making me feel excited to work on and continue to do those things. And if I realize that those things are no longer fulfilling me or like aren't getting me to where I want to be, then I need to change the course. But I'm like going into my 30s with such a different mindset than I went into my 20s with. And I feel like that really just does go to show how much I've changed and grown as a person. I'm still very goal-oriented. I'm still a planner and a type A girly to a T, but I'm way more, I'm also way more flexible. I'm way open to different, way more open to different opportunities. I'm way more open to like my life taking completely different paths than I ever was at 20. And I feel like that is so rewarding. And that's what I want for my 30s. I want more of that growth. I want more of these lessons. I want to be looking back at myself in this moment and being like, wow, that girl was like going somewhere, but she had like no idea that, you know, her life was going to take this X, Y, and Z direction. Hopefully all good directions. That's what we really want. But uh, if it doesn't, then, you know, you'll learn and you'll grow from that too. But if you can start looking at every you know, opportunity and every year moving forward as an opportunity to grow as a human, to be a better person, to really improve yourself and keep learning and growing, then I think you're just going to continue to feel fulfilled and feel like the best version of you. So that's it. Those were my 15 lessons uh, for years, my decade of 20. If any of those really resonated with you, if it's something that, you know, maybe you're really working on or something that you really needed to hear or maybe something that you learned in your 20s too, or if you have like a really defining lesson that you learned in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s, please share that with me. Shoot me a DM on Instagram because I love hearing 
what other people find important and what other people find impactful in their life life because these were just the things that really helped me what helped you might be something completely different and hearing it might be then something that really helps me in my 30s so if you have like a really defining moment um if this episode connected with you in any way i would love to hear from you please shoot me a dm but just in general i appreciate you guys way more than you could ever know just for being here for listening to this podcast uh you guys are part of the reason that my 20s have looked so different than what i thought they would be and like i said in this episode so many times but i'll reiterate one more time because i can never say it enough i am so grateful that i get to wake up every single morning and help people and do what i love and that i've found this passion and the reason that I get to wake up every morning and keep doing this is because of you guys because of your support um because of you sharing my content because of you hiring me to be your coach like I there are not enough words to express how grateful I am that this is my job and it's all because of you guys so thank you so much for being here thank you for listening in thank you for helping me really round out my 20s and here's to a great new decade